Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Forever! Dog! Hi everybody, it's Michelle Collins. That was such an amazing break we took. Uh, I am joined by this week's guest, who, uh, his smile cures diseases. He just <laughs> has an energy about him. What sign are you, Josh, may I ask? I'm a Capricorn. That's why we click. Because Capricorns, I'm a Cancer, but we're okay. uh, six months apart in the signage, mm-hmm. so we are a very compatible sign together. Josh Gondelman is with us this week. He is a writer in Desus and Marrow. He has a podcast called Make My Day, a book that you should buy. 
which is called Nice Try, Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results. How long did it take you to write that book? Will you inspire me, please? Sure. I So I put together a proposal. I kind of like slow rolled into it. And then when they they signed me to write the book, they were like, can you write this in six months? Wow. And I was like, no, <laughs> but will you give me nine months? And they said, yes. Uh, and that was pretty good that, that I was able to complete. And I like turned my book in on deadline. I think it was nine months. Maybe it was 11. I think it was nine, but I, I turned it in on deadline, which I felt very good about. And then I was late with the revisions. (laughs) So are you all, uh, are you late usually? Are you like a timely person? I feel like you're timely. I'm a pretty timely person. I could see that for you. I can't imagine for some reason in my fantasies of like going to brunch with you and your wife, I just can't imagine you guys being late. In my fantasies. We're pretty punctual as a couple. I could tell. I'm an, er, there are certain things that I'm more and less like deadlines. I said for myself, I'm just like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like I like look myself in the mirror and I'm just like, I don't respect your authority. <laughs> uh, but when uh-huh. it's anything else, like I'm, I'm a pretty early to the airport guy. Oh yeah. Me too. Well, I, or yeah. airports are different. See, I'm late for everything. Um, but I was burned once by a late airport arrival where I was, I had a Delta flight going to Miami. It was not international. And I got to the, I will never fly out of JFK again, by the way, I got to the terminal like 75 minutes before the flight with the bag yeah. with the bag to check okay but still and it was in the international wing even though it was a domestic flight and they were just like yep. no we're not going to check you in and i i had taken a cab like a hundred dollars five minutes early would not check me in they go no if you have a bag you have to be here we say before 90 minutes or before and by the way this was not on like september 12th 2001 this was like you know maybe <laughs> this was like you know five years ago or You're something the only person at the airport they still won't let you fly <laughs> Yeah. They're like, uh, ma'am, you can see yourself out. So, and I had to go home and I, do you know that I've never flown Delta since that day? I was like, I will literally, and there was another girl too, who went to check in and we both looked at each other like how this is the worst nightmare. This is every anxiety dream where you get to the airport and they're like, no. And it happened. And I've never flown Delta, but I've also never been, I mean, I'll be late to flights where I'll be like eight hours late. Like I'll think my flight is at 11 PM and it's in the morning, (laughs) you know, like I'll fuck times up. That's the that's the only time I've missed one is um I like I I had when I was still teaching preschool I and I was Cute. Um, do yeah I did it for for years after college and I was like an a, a an assistant in the summers at like daycares and stuff was my my job when I was like in high school and college um but I when I was still teaching I woke up one morning like my alarm didn't go off and I was like an hour late to a flight and and because I would always take until I basically until I got married I would just I was like you know the John that John Mulaney bit about like going to the, having the flight delays and like needing his girlfriend to be like hey what if we checked if there were other flights like that's truly that spoke to my heart because I would just be like okay this flight leaves at 5 a.m there's three layovers and it's 18 dollars cheaper than all the other yeah. flights and my wife would be like or girlfriend at the time when we started like going to weddings and stuff together out of town she'd be like you know for 30 dollars we could wow. fly at a sensible time. And I'd be like, wait a minute. I have $30, <laughs> which I didn't when I was teaching. Oh, I, the idea of you as a preschool teacher is enough to make me want to have children. Like if I knew that there were still teachers <laughs> like you, I'm like, all right, I'll have one. My biggest airport nightmare story, and I'll tell it quickly, was I was flying JetBlue. This was in LA. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with LAX at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, there are circular terminals that are basically mm-hmm. 
from like straight out of hell. I mean, they're awful. So I'm in the Sally's terminal and we're sitting at the gym. And they're circular. Thing. Circular. And the they come on, they go, folks, you know, we got a technical problem with the plane. It's going to be two hours. And everyone's like, oh, and I'm starving. So I go to Burger King because there's two places to get food at LAX, Burger King yep. and uh Starbucks in this terminal and I go to Burger King the Starbucks oh I'm sorry maybe I'm thinking of the Delta terminal but the Starbucks has consistently the longest lines of any place on earth period like Mm -hmm. Starbucks needs to instill a fast pass like Disney you know where you can go in and like come back the next day and get a coffee yes or like I mean I I love that I wonder if they use the app at the airport locations I bet no they don't yeah. It's like in hotels, you know, they're like shitty Starbucks. There's there's like Starbucks, like the chain, and then there's franchisee Starbucks. And yeah. I don't have time for those. Make a very long story short, I was eating a Whopper, having a great time, got internet, go back to the gate. I'm reading like the New Yorker and I'm noticing it's like kind of empty. I was just looking around like, that's so funny. Hmm. About 30 minutes passed and I'm like, this just feels weird. And I get up and I go, I'm sorry, did the flight to New York leave? They went, Michelle? <laughs> I went, yeah. They went, ah. yeah. It left. We called you like 10 times. It it left an hour ago. I was like, my tunics are right now over Oklahoma. That's because my, my bag was on the plane. Which, yeah. by the way, is illegal, just so you know, because you're not they are not allowed to fly with someone's bag if the person is not on the flight because of security reasons. Oh, I didn't know that. But they did fly with my bag. I just want everyone to know. I almost missed a flight. Go on. Because I was the most hungover oh. I've ever been in my life. And I went I went to the airport and I fell asleep and they moved the gate. <laughs> I was like asleep, like just in my chair, <laughs> which like those chairs are made to keep you awake yeah like you're not you know what i mean like i if you've ever had to sleep at an airport you're like curled up with like your head on a chair and your body on the ground and uh so i, I just like fell asleep sitting up and i woke up and was like oh no and they had moved <gasps> just like three gates down but i wouldn't have heard it and it you, like that. you missed and it I, I made it no i made it oh, but i was God. like i was so disoriented i was so hungover um it was it was truly terrible. And like, again, this is like almost a story, but not quite. I know mine too. I'm like, well, anyway, I got my bag. I made it there fine. Like four hours later, Josh yeah. Gondelman, you have um, a reputation on the internet. What if that's yeah. the end of our show? Anyway, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Intrigued. People would look me up for sure. Wait, truly like follower city. Um, Something started. Was it with Matt started it for you? This is Matt Cough. Matt Cough. Where this rumor started that you loved cocaine or that you've never tried cocaine. Will you tell me about the cocaine rumor? Now that I know you were a preschool teacher, I will say it does fill some of the blanks in for me about why this makes sense. But tell everybody about it. (laughs) So I think, gosh, I'm even like shaky on the the first part of the timeline. But it was basically Matt Koff was like, as a bit was like we should do cocaine together you should we should try cocaine which is part of an extended bit that he'd been doing for like years where like every few months he'd be like should i try cocaine (laughs) and so he was like josh we should try cocaine together and i was like matt i can't promise that and then paul f Tompkins seized on it and was like josh said he's doing cocaine with matt cough and he can't and if he backs out he's a liar and a fraud and then somehow over the course of the day, that morphed into I'm constantly doing cocaine. <laughs> and insa- I have an insatiable cocaine appetite, which is false. I, I have no appetite for cocaine. I can't. You're the um, last person I could see ever being like, um, want to go to the bathroom? 
like yeah, just like you know do a bump yeah um, i can't see you do that <laughs> but um the Jesus and marrow cocaine which is like i always think about it now because i've worked with them for a few years almost at this yeah. point is uh is just uh i want to start a fashion line bro <laughs> and like that's <laughs> that to me is like the cocaine energy and uh i just it just feels like not something i need to inflict upon myself to inflict upon other people no uh you would hate it and I, uh, listen, I would live, I was in my twenties once, you know, Sure. uh, and, uh, maybe three times in my life. I won't sit here and say mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, just not for me. You know, I'm just not a good drug person. I've never, um, dropped acid. I've never done mushrooms. Uh, I'm a horrible weed person. I cannot ha- do edibles, cannot smoke. I'm just not a drug girl. It's just kind of sad. Actually. I'm. I'm a, a little bit of a drinker, but otherwise oh, yeah. I'm not. I And I tried to do Molly once, but <gasps> I failed. What happened? My uh, girlfriend at the time and I bought what turned out to be not drugs. <laughs> well, Splenda? Was so, what was it? it? Yeah, it was yeah, it was like Splenda. <laughs> it was in the Splenda packet. They were like, oh, yeah, this is how we store it to keep it a secret. So it was very, yeah. I, I should, that sweet, was the first red flag. Sweet and high. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, so we just went, we went to this, we went to a concert on New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. and and we went to see The Roots play New Year's Eve. It was like 20, 2010 going into 2011. And and we were at this concert. It was a great concert. And so like every 20 minutes we'd be like, are you on drugs yet? And she'd be like, I think I'm about to be on drugs. Are you on drugs yet? And I was like, I don't know. I'm having a great time, but it was just a good concert. (laughs) I think I was at Coachella. Can you imagine once biggest mistake? (laughs) We'll never go back. Not that they're asking for me to go back. No one has been like, by the way, since that concert, no one's been like, Michelle, you have to come with us to Coachella. Not one person's ever said that to me. <laughs> like, Michelle, we have the arm, the wristband. You got to come. Um, I was in a house full of models and, like, British assholes. And <laughs> one of the guys from Tame Impala. This is a real story I'm telling. And yeah. we went to, uh, I don't. this had to be, like, oh, my God, nine or ten years ago. Anyway, we get there. And I met this guy. I almost want to say his name. His first name was Luke. Gorgeous, like hot as shit. Mm-hmm. I was um, not as confident as I am now. I was very insecure. So I, I mean, all comedians are, but it, especially like being in the house that I was in where everybody was like beautiful and cool. You know, it's not my element. I'm not someone who goes to concerts like that. I don't wear dream catchers over my nipples, you know, and like, right, hope. right, right. It's not, not like in it for the scene. Oh my God. No, 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 no. I, I wear like velvet turtlenecks in July. You know what I mean? Like it's not... <laughs> Well, how else are you going to write your poetry? Well, how else am I going to write my poetry? That's my book. Um, So I was there and I remember I was wearing this weird dress and he was like, lick my finger. And he was gorgeous. And he was like, lick my finger. And I was like, anything for you. And I licked his finger with this powdered substance on it. Mm -hmm. And then everybody was like hugging and like so Instagram friendly. Everybody was like being so like hot and high. And I just remember being like, I feel nothing like and i'm also probably way twice as much as everybody so maybe i needed like two <laughs> maybe i needed two fingers worth but i only had one finger right you took an la dose and then you needed an east coast dose. i needed a texas dose is what i needed so i was like yeah. okay so i had one fingers worth and felt fine and then after like i was just like tired and probably sun poisoned 
And that night we went to this this thing called the Neon Carnival, which is like, I mean, Coachella is such bullshit. It sucks. It's ugh. But you know, when you're <laughs> young, you want to be a part of something, whatever. Sure. So we go, I saw Leonardo DiCaprio there. I've seen him a number of times, just for the record. Ooh, My orbit, uh, he almost ran me over once on a bike by Lincoln Center. Uh, wow. We were, not to brag. He's an environmentalist, so that makes sense. He was with Giselle at the time. And let me tell you something. Boy can move. He was. He had to be going 47 miles an hour on like a, wow. a regular He And I thought, I wish he would have hit me. Because what a hilarious headline. <laughs> like, how funny to be hit by Leo in by a bike. Worth yep. all the injuries for that. So funny. Oh, what would so the headline funny. be in the post? It oh, would, gosh. oh, God, it'd be so funny. It'd be like... Um, Titanic collision? It, you're close. Um, bike yeah. tannic. Uh, Basketball creamed. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Not Wait, like in the sexual What's way. eating... Um, I don't even know. What's eating... Help me, Josh. This is so stressful because you're so good. <laughs> when someone else is good at these things, my brain is like, we're not doing it. Just so you know, I feel like tense. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and so there was like a game where you had to shoot a gun. It was like a fake gun, but you just shoot a piece of paper. And I was like, I'm not high. I feel fine. And I took this like fake, you know, like a Looney Tunes rifle. And I like pointed it at this paper and I pulled the trigger. And the noise startled me so much that I broke down crying. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't cry like that. And I was just like, I swear I didn't feel anything from the drugs. But that the noise startled me. So it affected me, but not in a good way. So maybe I'm just not a good ecstasy girl, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I like, I always worry about being that guy, right? About like, hey, we're all doing mushrooms. We're going to hang out in the woods. And then like, they find me three days later, I've eaten an entire tree. And I'm just <laughs> petrified from the inside. <laughs> You as a wooden sculpture, adorable. If I came across you out of wood, like in the woods, I wouldn't be scared at all. I'd be like, look at this cute fucking weird thing I found. It's so sweet. Um, I I would never do acid. I know that I have demons that I don't need to like drop shit to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Where you're from Massachusetts, Josh? From Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Cause you love in Dunkin' Donuts. I love a Dunkin' Donuts, that's true. Can we talk a little? Because I have to say, I don't want you to like sign off early or whatever you people do. Um, <laughs> I don't love a Dunkin' coffee. That's our time. <laughs> I felt that happening. I knew the way to break up this friendship is saying that. That's like that's like a Thanksgiving. Someone being like, yeah, I voted for Trump. Like that's like to you the level yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I voted, happily voted for Trump. Um, I just, I don't know. I just find it a bit watery. When did your love for Dunkin' start? So that's one of the things I like about it. I like that it's a gentle coffee. <laughs> that it's a coffee that's not going to come on too strong. This isn't <laughs> this isn't the Sex Pistols of coffee. We got a little Dave Matthews coffee going on. You just kind of ease into it. I that's what I like because I I live in Brooklyn yeah. and there are lots of like nice coffee shops near my neighborhood, which are they have great ambiance, great pastries. Love it, appreciate it, and and great coffee, but. I will drink a cold brew. You know, you get a 12 ounce cold brew or large is 16 ounces and you drink it and you're just like, oh, I can see two minutes into the future like yeah. that one Nicolas Cage movie. And I'm Nicolas Cage now. Yes. Whereas at Dunkin Donuts, you get they give you like a, um, I think it's like a 400 ounce iced coffee. So fucking big. And you you put an IV in mm-hmm. and it just you're good for the day. You don't I the one thing that has turned me more onto it is Ben Affleck's obsession with it because I I love that. 
I have to tell you something. I and Josh, I'm not proud of this. I'm really not. There is mm-hmm. almost nothing Ben Affleck could do to make me not love him. It is really sad. It's like actually, I'm trying as I'm t- saying it, like grappling with why is that? Like he could talk bad about Jewish people, and I'd say oh, he's so <laughs> he's so complicated. He's so mixed up. Like he just needs someone. <laughs> like, it's not your fault. I know that's Matt Damon, but it's not. It's your good fault. enough. And by the way, I. It's not your fault. No, I know. I know. It's not your fault. It's such a, I love that movie so much. Um, I don't know. I just adore him. That stupid fucking back tattoo. He is so lost and hot. When he was having all those paparazzi pictures last year God. and it was him and Ana de Armas yeah. and uh, Dunkin' Donuts, I, I knew. I was like, the real relationship that people are responding to, like they think it's the romantic relationship, but what they really, the enduring relationship that feels like Ben Affleck is like his truest self is his relationship with Duncan Ice Coffee. Yes. And like you can see it, he's like dropping all the packages and holding onto the coffee. <laughs> Those pictures of him crouched like a loser with his coffee spilling over and those he's holding like Pinocchio books and a leather strap like he just has so much stuff <laughs> and it's just like what the just fuck like a briefcase full of like business papers flying into the air <laughs> like it's like comically staged it's like it the, it's like Notting Hill like Julian Hugh on the corner orange juice all over the shirt it's a mess and uh I just love that sloppy dumb fuck I can't help it is that what guys in Massachusetts are like are they like that because there's also like something a bit stupid about him, but also smart. I don't know. I just, what is it, Josh? Why am I like this? I don't know, but I I feel it. It feels very like, it, it's obviously such a like, like such a weird PR thing that those pictures were just everywhere. And like, and the consent of the paparazzi were like, did he stand? Did he like pose for these? Whatever it is. But like, I found that so deeply relatable and endearing. I was like fully played by it. I was yeah. like, I know this, I know somebody is trying to play me, but I, that I'm like, yes, that's like, that's what life is. Life is the experience of you're trying to hold your coffee, but you're like dropping a bunch of packages and you're wearing like, a, a Red Sox sweatshirt <laughs> and like waffle, shorts and New Balance. A, a Henley. He's always like in like a stained Henley, I feel. He had one that just said believe in Boston, I think. Um That's deadly to me. I love it. It's just like I um I'm so obsessed with his really and it's also like Duncan is not as easy to come by in LA. There's oh, like no. four or five in the city. Let me add something that if I had to pick in a battle between Dunkin' Donuts and the coffee bean, I would be 100% on Dunkin' side. So, so you know, coffee bean to me is the lowest form of coffee. And people who like that shitty small ice, are you in LA or New York? I don't like the small ice. Oh, you're in LA. I can tell by the scent. No, no, no. I'm in New 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 York. You guys, that's our time. No, I'm kidding. Wait, also... No, um, Josh, let's talk about pop culture because you have Make My Day, which is yes. a pop culture game show. And when Tracy reached out to you to ask what shows you were watching, and I'm going to I'm going to spoil what you said because it made me laugh. I said, Tracy, ask, like, you know, see what he's watching, whatever. Tracy goes, um, he said he's not really up to do anything new, but that him and his wife are watching The Nanny. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. that's funny. OK. And I love The Nanny. But are you what are you what are you engaged with? Can't just be the nanny. I refuse to believe it. It's not. Ju- it's not just the nanny. The the nanny. So the nanny just came out on HBO Max. I mean, it didn't just come out. It was like. Imagine if I was like, "Have you heard of this Fran Dreschet? I think it's pronounced." <laughs> 
By the way, Fran Drescher came on my radio show and I was so excited. I was like, oh my, because also like UHF, like, oh my God, Fran Drescher is like amazing and so funny and stunning. And then all she wanted to talk about was like how bad the environment is and like how basically half of my body is made of credit card plastic. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Well, anyway, that's our time. (laughs) I was like, what about Mr. Sheffield? I was like, what's he like? You know, anyway, go on. So we were watching, we're watching the nanny. We usually have to have like a show to just like have on when we have like half an hour and it's like we've we've worked we've had dinner let's just like watch something at like usually a sitcom so the nanny is that right now where we'll watch one like after dinner and, and before like Maris has to do a work event or before before I do a podcast or something and and it's just like it's so pleasant and so charming and she's so good and um the youngest kid is so adorable. The little boy uh, or the little girl who's no, the little, the little the girl, girl, the smallest mm-hmm. girl who's very neurotic. Um, and it's just like, it's really tightly written in a way, like in a multicam kind of way where it's like, oh, there's just like jokes and jokes and jokes. And it's like occasionally like weird nineties mean, but yes. like mostly it's not, you know, you know, in the nineties where there would just be a joke would just be like, um, it's like the whole premise of the show and then like one episode will just be like we met a fat person i, I was just like gonna say the fat shaming in the 90s was absolutely out of control when you watch things out of now it, it, look at the seinfeld finale the seinfeld finale literally yes. hinges on a fat person yep it, not only that but they throw another one on there with newman we because we just watched all of seinfeld uh again and newman like falls asleep eating in his car waiting for the verdict (laughs) and it's and there's like that episode where the sub the episode where they're all on different subway lines and jerry is just like on the line with like a fat person the guy who takes his clothes off doesn't he get naked by the way you know i know every seinfeld like back to front it's my bible but we we just watched all of it and it's there are so many episodes where i'm just like holy shit there this is like in this like this show like uh, buzz sawed the grooves into my brain when I was like a teenager. That's it. We are, I feel like we're so lucky to have grown up in the time of Seinfeld because for me, it's like every joke. I, I mean, I refer to it daily. There's not a day where I don't make a reference. It's quite annoying. I imagine it's like what people, you know, people who love Mickey Mouse, you're like, get over it. But Seinfeld mm-hmm. to me, what I was going to say about really a lot of those sitcoms, weirdly, not because of the fat jokes or the, uh, you know, implicit racism and sexism that happens in basically yep. all of them. So much homophobia. Oh my God. Horrendous. I mean, although would you argue that the outing episode of Seinfeld is homophobic? Because I actually don't think it is, but I could I mean, be talked out of that. Think... It's the one I where are... I, yeah. Oh, where I the girl thinks Jerry moments. and George are gay. Yeah. Right, right, right. I would say the kind of like, the most jarring homophobic moments in Seinfeld were kind of in the early seasons oh, yeah. with how openly homophobic George was beyond, which was like a character trait. Like there's one episode where he's like, is that homophobic? Yeah. And it's like, that just like, wouldn't fly now because you can't just be that guy. Publicly. Like when he, uh, for those who don't watch the show, which also like, how did you even, how do you listen to me if you've not watched mm-hmm. Seinfeld? But when he goes to get the massage from the guy, and that yes. big guy shows yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, But you know what it is? I mean, it's homophobic, but also, like, guys are fucking homophobic. Like, yes. that's the I, thing is there yes, are people like sure. that, you know? So Yes, 
100%. I, don't know. I just tough. feel like the kind of like the edge to it in the early seasons, they like sanded off a little bit as it as it got later For where they sure. were like, "Oh, this is like an anxiety that George has more than this is like his reasonable response to the world." You know what I mean? <laughs> no, 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 for sure. I I just feel like now I watch it and I'm like Everything in the 90s feels not modern, but just so edgy. And it's hilarious because we're talking about network television in 1996. Yeah. And yeah. and it's edgy, but is edgy good? I guess is the question. Is edgy good? Like what counts, what constitutes edgy now in comedy is a good question. I feel like there are interesting ways that people are pushing boundaries that are like not, that, that are like don't get enough credit for being edgy. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a, this, maybe this will be an unpopular stance, okay. but I think there's a lot of stuff that's like, that people would kind of look down their nose at, at like, as like, quote unquote, like too woke. But it's like, I think there's like a real edge. I think like transgender and, and non-binary comics who are like really candid about gender and sexuality. I find that to be like real, like so much more interesting and compelling mm. and like uh and like new than someone being like my pronouns are cup and bowl and it's like shut the fuck up a hundred oh people in every city yeah. have written that joke and it's like just it's like mean-spirited and refusing to understand but like then you, you agree, see yeah. someone like like the and i think the like the queer comedy in like that's happening in like brooklyn like the kind of underground stuff i'm like this is so interesting and like the formal like it's just like formally interesting and I, it makes me feel i'm like oh i'm like a, a comedy grandpa now not in terms of like not understanding right. but i'm just like i feel like what i do is so outmoded no i i have that thought about what i do a lot because i and let me just say that i feel like when i watch drag race which i love drag race obviously i don't know if you mm-hmm. watch it but it is art it's art and comedy in a way that like we almost don't deserve like everybody the level of talent on that show makes me feel so small because I'm like oh my god these people are they have to be talented in every way not only stunningly beautiful and artistic and fashion designers funny timing accents uh impressions you know it's everything it's like the bar is so high for the people on that show that it is actually staggering when you think about it it's it's pretty unbelievable honestly i think everyone should watch drag race especially this last season which was great oh really oh my god and i i'm very honest like i have talked certain seasons don't do it for me because if the you know the girls are boring then it's like well i don't care about this but there was of course they had an incredible group of uh contestants it was really great um but what you just said really makes me laugh because i i'm thinking about that too like you know, not getting any younger, doing what we do. I mean, it, I feel like you and I have similar-ish styles, although you, you are a brilliant writer and everything else. Where we're just like funny, like just funny people. You know, we coming back mm-hmm. with a funny line, a pun, like those kind of things and just totally operating from a humorous perspective. But there are layers going on with these younger comics. Like, yeah, even, you know, mocking right wing people or there's just like so many. I watch TikTok now and I'm I, I'm completely this is our episode of the talk. I'm completely <laughs> um, genuinely intimidated by it. Like I'm like, I don't. These people are everybody is so fucking funny on it, like all the memes yep. and everything and this whole style. And I'm like, is what I do worthwhile? Like is, you know, even on the radio show or here, will this not matter in 10 years? Will nobody care about the act of interviewing and 
connection and things like that. Cause I do think it might be going away. My opinion. I, I don't. So I think what you do is such a wonderful, like this is me asking you to compliment you. That is always <laughs> yeah. going to be important and sought after. But I do watch, like I, I'm yeah. not like a big TikTok person. Like, I'm not on TikTok, but when I see one, I'm like, man, whoever did this edited shot insane conceived it's like the amount of skill that goes into and sometimes i'm like wow this is like so fun and cool and sometimes i'm like my brain itches when i watch this as if i stuck my hand in an electrical socket (laughs) but like the talent required and the the fact that like um there's like a creator now or influencer is like a unionizable sag uh category no i think is i I didn't know I, that. Me, I'm going to Google it because one of them, uh, influencers are unionizing with SAG-AFTRA, which like I think is so important because this is like now I'm just up on a fucking soapbox. I love uh, it. it La- yeah. Lather me, uh, baby. I'm ready. In 40 years, Martin Scorsese is going to make a nine hour movie about me um, <laughs> called The Gondelman. Um, oh, tell me you didn't just come up with that. I'll have you killed. Did you just come up I with did. that? Yeah. All right, I gotta go. It, to be fair, it is just my name. <laughs> okay, but also that is so fucking funny. Honestly, Josh, Josh, you're one of the very few people who truly I listen to you like so excited because like you're so quick that I feel like I'm dumb. <laughs> like I'm like, no, I'm get dumb. out of here. No, I, I mean it. You're so fucking time, hilarious. Yeah. The last time I saw you, we talked about Pinocchio on your radio show for like 40 <laughs> minutes and it was like the hardest I left in a year <laughs> just talking about like Roberto Benigni as Pinocchio and it made me so happy. Which by the way, we people so don't know that that movie, it's so funny you bring that up because it was nominated for Oscars and people were like, this movie came out. I'm like, yeah, you know who knew about it me and josh gondelman because we were talking about it <laughs> anyway um wow so they're unionizable oh which i think is great because i feel like there's like people say like influencer and creator right to be these like catch-all jobs and, and i think that people say them like kind of sneeringly but i think it's so unfair because it, it's like those are like the corporate words for like someone who is like a photographer model makeup artist video editor yeah producer you know what i mean and so it's like to to flatten that all into like oh yeah they're just a content creator and it's like no like they belong in they deserve union protections and not just like hey we'll give you uh 80 and a bunch of tea that makes you shit <laughs> you know what i mean i gotta get that tea by the way don't even start with me about that tea <laughs> my mother used to have a tea oh my god you know that i grew up in a household that was always like lose weight lose weight like my whole life mm-hmm. and my mother was like michelle have some of this tea and like commercial camera angle hands me this box called Lacey LeBeau's diet tea Lacey LeBeau like L-E-B-E-A-U-X like that and Mm. I was like "Mm -hmm." so I would steep this tea and drink it and Josh I mean I don't want to I'm not a crass girl you know that I'm a lady at all times but what this thing would do to my body my mother also had me on Fen Fen when I was little when I tell people that they're Mm -hmm. like Huh? I'm like, oh yeah, no, no. My heart valves are tissue paper. Like, I'm not making it past fifty. Fen was legal for like six months, right? Yeah, and my mom got it. I'm like, who the fuck gave you Fen Fen for me? Yes, amazing, <laughs> amazing. But you want to know what? I looked hot. I was like eleven. <laughs> I was like, I was so fucking hot when I was eleven. Fen Fen was like four loco, but not fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was Coke. It was literally Coke. That except it was like Coke on speed because it really. I mean, I didn't eat on it. It was incredible. Uh, Friday night, I went to Balthazar uh, mm-hmm. in Soho. Not, oh, yeah. Not because you know what I'm going to say, right? Not because yeah. I'm that douchey. A little bit. But, you know, I just, I love a Balthazar moment. Anyway, I went for a cheese plate. I talked about it actually in part one of the episode. 
And then I just saw on page six that fucking Woody and Sunyi were there. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yep. Thoughts. I know that you used, there had to be a time in your life because Josh, I won't believe you if you say no, where you loved Woody Allen, obviously. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm like a, a comedy Jew. And I grew up when it was, it was weird that he married his girlfriend's daughter. We all knew that. Yeah. But it it was it hadn't gotten the public discourse right. And I was a child. Yeah. You know, like 10, 11, 12, 13 when I was watching like his like uh Annie Hall and um Sleeper and all that stuff. I mean like oh and take the money and run. Like watching this stuff with like my grandparents as like an entertainment that is like appropriate for the family. And so I but it is I think the discourse kind of caught up to like, wait a minute, this is weirder than we even said then. But I want to ask you this, and I don't mean to Mia blame, but I'm going to ask you. Do you think in any way, though, that Mia was sort of also partially not responsible for his behavior? But I did feel while watching the doc, I was like, Mia, like, calm the fuck on. You had neighbors pulling you aside, telling you I saw him doing all this shit to your kids. The whole thing was just everyone (sighs) fucked up, I felt. It was just a mess. I agree it's a mess. I, I think it was not him. Josh, you well. know the difference between me and Josh Gondelman? Josh likes to work and be gainfully employed. No, I mean, no, it's I just true. didn't see the documentary. Oh, you haven't I'm not watched trying to hang it? out to drive. You haven't watched it? I feel like I oh. got enough. I, I got it from the tweets. People were like, yikes. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. We live in a very, we live in a fucked up world. Let's change topics. Make my day. So it's, I, I, anyone I wanted to ask you though, but what is the thing that like gets you out of bed? What is the thing that you find the funniest in the world? Like, what are you truly obsessed with other than sports? Because that is a blind spot for me. Sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think of, like, what I've been really into lately. I've been, look, I'm, here's what I'm really excited about. I'm listening. I, I've got a little time off from work coming Ooh, up okay. starting next week. I'm going to get to visit. I'm going to get my second vaccination. I'm going to visit my parents who I haven't seen since Christmas 2019, <gasps> which I'm very excited Joshy, for. that's so sad. Are Where in Massachusetts really are they? They are just northeast of Boston. Um, I went to college with a lot of, all my friends in college were from Massachusetts. They were just like the easiest people to get along with, I felt. A bunch of Ben Afflecks. A bunch of Afflecks. That's why I love it. <gasps> that's our new podcast. Bunch of Afflecks. Coming <laughs> bunch up. Bunch of Afflecks. <laughs> you call a bunch of Afflecks. You know, if it's like a, a herd, what would it be? <laughs> it's a go socks. <laughs> so cute. That's so sweet. But like what you said, you didn't see any of the Oscar movies. You're not. Are you into murder docs? I know you're not because I you walked out of Gone Girl. So not, what's your thing? I'm not up to date on the murder docs. We've oh, here's what we've been doing. Talk we've been me. doing the fraud docs. That's been our thing. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Josh Gondelman. <laughs> let's talk about the Isabella Gardner heist. Tell me you watched Love that. It. Obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed. Incredible. There's a podcast about it called Last Scene. Did you have you listened to it? So I'll tell you something. I watched the documentary which yep. I loved. And actually the reason why I'm going to Boston is to go to the museum because. Oh, I saw you tweet that. Yeah. It rules. The museum is awesome. I had no idea. By the way, my dream is to be like a crazy rich widower or widow, whatever it is either. Yep. And, and just be like, <laughs> mm, I'm going to make this house like a Renaissance castle just with my billions of dollars. Yeah. So chic, yep. so wonderful. But um, I, so I watched the, Uh, show and I loved it and then I think once I watched the show the podcast left me I know people like that better but 
I just need visuals. It's like such a visual story. I wanted to see the paintings. It's so visual. Yeah. And I think once the, for me, the thing I liked about the podcast, and I think if you went in the other order, it's probably more fun. Right. Because the thing I liked about the podcast is they were very upfront going into it. That's like, this is unsolved. We're going to tell you all the ways they tried to solve it and why they came up dry. And the, um, the documentary, I think did a little more like, it's been unsolved, but let's see what we can do about it. Wink, wink. And then they get to the end and you're like, still nothing. You still got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's crazy that these like thugs wanted a Vermeer, like of all the things it's, and where is it? And what do you do with it? It's like you, it's not worth anything. You know, when you can't actually sell it or tell anyone that you have it, it's worthless. Right. Right. It's right. Because it's the biggest unsolved art heist in history. Um, Half a and, billion and, dollars. And you, yeah. And so, the, right, there's all these hypotheses like maybe the paintings have been burned by now or maybe like they sold them overseas to like a a, a, a king in a non-extradition country. But it's like, yeah, it's also just like maybe the fucking buried behind Fenway Park, dude. <laughs> like it's like it could be anything. <laughs> you see Ben like drying his lips with a Vermeer. I'm like, that motherfucker. <laughs> He's spilling Duncan all over the uh all over oh, the Rembrandt. Seascape. That's Rembrandt's only seascape. Rembrandt's only seascape. He's like, sorry, man. I can't do the accent. You do it. Um but <laughs> Affleck spilling coffee donkeys on Rembrandt's only seascape is so stupid. <laughs> Oh my god! It's called "This Is a Robbery" for those who haven't seen it. I love it. Oh, go on, dude! You fucking spilled your dunks all over storm on the Sea of Galilee, guy. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, but I got it on my fucking Mookie Betts jersey too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this, this, this paintings are two hundred million dollars. Oh my god! Oh, I, I, I just everything fills my heart. Those are my three favorite things: Coffee, Affleck, and Rembrandt's. Only seascape. Those are my, ah, the best. I'm obsessed. The also, the painting is called "Storm on the Sea of Galilee," and like, obviously, it's like a, um, it's like a religious, like Galilee, right? Is like Middle Eastern. Jesus is in it. There's like religious overtones, and they show the painting, and they just kind of slow pan, and then it's just Jesus standing on a boat, and we were watching it, and my wife laughed so hard when the the reveal of like the slow pan, and she's just like, that's just. Jesus, like, because when you see it panned out, you're, you like you see it so many times before yeah. they zoom in, and you're like, oh right, there's a storm, it's a boat, it's it could be any kind of just like uh, voyage yes. through the Sea of Galilee. It has very raft like, of the Medusa energy. Yeah, it has. Yeah, this, like, and then you're like, mm. oh, that's that's white, that's white Jesus. That's that's who that, that is. That was actually the initial title of the painting. Was that's white Jesus? That's white Jesus. And yeah, then, but then um, Rembrandt Fox owned the IP. Yeah, they sure <laughs> Rembrandt couldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, Tucker Carlson's new nighttime show after <laughs> Gutfeld. Uh, it makes me laugh. Oh my I god, felt. Gutfeld. God bless. Are you guys up against Gutfeld, Jesus and Marrow? No. I think we might. I mean, it's up so against funny. in that, like morally, I oppose it. Yes, 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 yes. Have you watched any I of it? I think we're oh, on man. at this. I think we're on at the same time. I forget whether Gutfeld's on at eleven or eleven thirty. If uh, I know it's a surprise, but I forgot what you time don't remember his time slot. What did you guys do at the Met? Because you were saying before the show that you guys actually oh, shot yeah. something at so the you Met. Have your your Met sweatshirt. I sure we, do. We did a piece where um, Jesus and Mero gave like a tour of the Met for people who haven't been able to like. <gasps> 
go out and do cultural things. So oh they just God. like roasted the art. It's so it was really fun. It Wait. aired it aired last night. Yeah. Oh, I have to watch this. Because by the way, roasting the art when I was there with Dan, we were like, this would be a good TikTok of me. Cause all you want to do when you go to the museum is talk, is joke about the paintings. There's so much yep. humor in every stupid thing there that you could literally yeah. be there for. I mean, my tits have been painted seven million times. I didn't know until I went to the mat. I was like, again, those are my exact tits. That's what I kept screaming. Those are my exact tits. And they're all over the museum, Josh. I mean, left and right. I would have been <laughs> back in the, in the Renaissance. To oh my God. Someone's nudes took hours and oh. breathtaking skill. Amazing skill. By the way, I would like still face tune them. I would go in with like black paint and be like, just like paint my gut out and be like, what? I didn't do anything. That's what I look like. I mean, it's like paint oh. over the paintings you commissioned yes. before you showed to I'm like, that is literally my body. That is what Rembrandt saw. Why are you guys laughing? I'm like getting mad at the uh, reveal. Um, <laughs> this is Rembrandt's only titscape. This is his only. And they pan in and Jesus is like in my nip. I'm like, no, get out of there. Jesus. That's what he keeps screaming. Um, our other new podcast, Get Out of There, Jesus. We Get could do this there, all Jesus. day. I could do this all day with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why did I bring up the map? Um, there was a point to this. Oh, when I was in college, I think you'll appreciate this story. So the only good thing that came out of my like $150,000 education at Barnard College was that mm-hmm. I was an art history major because uh, I it was the easiest major. Like literally you could bullshit and I'm an amazing bullshitter. You know, hand me a picture of some vase. I'm like, well, you know, yep. when the Greeks made this, the handles made it easy for chugging. You know, you could say anything. It's like, they don't know. <laughs> like, uh, handles easy for chugging. And look at those <laughs> naked boys like, oh, and uh, aroused while drinking your wine. Yes, please. And whatever it is. You know, those are all my essays. <laughs> <laughs> aroused. Yes, please. Just, you Did you say you went to Barnard or Bravo College? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, my thesis, my thesis title was who's he? Um, anyway, (laughs) so anyway, oh my God, my thesis was so bad, but anyway, not the point. So the only good thing that came out of it was that I got to go to the Met when it was closed because it used to be closed on Mondays. And, and that to me was like, I mean, oh my God, what a privilege to be able to go to that. So cool. Um, amazing. Like my, you were probably there when it was closed too. Did you get to go? That's, I I couldn't be on the shoot because we had to keep the crew really small. But we <gasps> went on a Wednesday and it was like just our crew basically. And it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it really I'm telling you, I was like, I'm glad I went to college so I could go to the museum alone. And so there was like a curation class that we took, which was very cool because they would bring fabrics from the dresses that we were looking at out like the actual fabric. Just cool, cool stuff like that. But anyway, one day we're there. And there's like no one else there. And all of a sudden I hear the pitter patter of the softest leather shoe walking in to the Dutch master's room and uh, just like, you know, and I hear these like little steps and I turn and it's just Tony Bennett with like some guy. And I'm like, Oh, "Oh." and he's like, aren't these paintings, the tops. I mean, that's the Seinfeld line, but they were like, he was like, (laughs) wow. And he's, he's so poor Tony. Is he still, he's living right. Yeah, for sure. Tony Bennett. This had, this was 20. Um, Josh Gonzalez and I have a new podcast called Tony Bennett. Who's he? Alive? <laughs> it's called Finding Tony Bennett. <laughs> we just have to figure out if he's alive. He has like a, an old housekeeper who won't let him go to the mat anymore. I'm like, wait, did you ever listen to that Richard <laughs> Simmons 90, podcast? He's 94. 94. So he was 74 
He looked 94 in 2001, whenever I yeah. took his class. I mean, so old. Um, it's not a good story. It just was funny seeing Tony Bennett being like, wow, these paintings are magical. Like, he was just there having a great time. <laughs> and it made me laugh. And maybe he's, I don't know. I feel like I would love to steal something from a museum in my lifetime. It would be fun. Would love to do it. Oh. So there's also this other documentary Go called on. Made You Look. Have you I seen watched- this? Oh, my God. I have a story for you. Please. Wait. This you're gonna shit. I actually have not told the story publicly. I have to tell it quickly, and I know you have to go soon. No, I'm ready. Oh, God I'm bless. here for this. I just love you so much. I have to look up the name of the woman who the documentary was about. It's Anne something. Anne Friedman. Yep. Yep. I, as many of you know, have a show in the mornings on Sirius, a live show. The day after the watching made you look, which by the way, Josh, why don't you tell people about what made you look is about? So Amazing it's basically story. about a, a bunch of uh, art fraud, right? Like these, this uh, painter painted these fraudulent masterworks, kind of had a, a dealer bring them into like a gallery in New York, sell them, and then they went off to individual collectors for like, some of them were like $8 million. They were the Hammer these, like, Gallery. Fake paintings. It was yeah. Army Hammer's fucking disgusting looking greasy ass father, which by the way, when I saw that father, you know, that's his dad. The tan. Yeah. I was like, of course that's that motherfucking idiot's dad. I was like, yeah, that's, who begats that. So I was talking about this on the show because it was, uh, and they made Rothko's. They found this artist in uh, Asia yep. was doing it, blah, blah, blah. I talked about this woman, Ann Friedman, in it because she, to me, was clearly very guilty and how she looked like um, like Amadeus Mozart, like her hair and just her whole vibe. She's one mm-hmm. of those women, and I feel like a lot of women exist like this in Massachusetts, who looked 60 30 years ago and then today looks 60 like they just always look yep. 60 right? yeah yep anyway talk about it on the show show ends it's like 10 a.m i get a phone call at around 10 30 in the morning from a 212 phone number mm-hmm. i always curious took to my laptop i put the phone number into google chrome god bless the friedman gallery called me the Anne Friedman gallery on the Upper East side and hung up, did not leave a message. I didn't pick up. I don't know what happened. I have some theories. Uh, I have a theory. The obvious theory is that somebody who listens to my show knows her, but how would they have my phone number is the question because she has my number. I mean, they called my fucking phone. It's someone, it's someone maybe that I know who said to her hi and yeah. maybe it was done in a nice way like oh you should go yeah. on her show whatever yeah but i gotta tell you something i really it did not sit well with me i was like i don't like this it felt weird no i don't I, like that at all at all i know very unnerving unnerving i you're better than me because you were saying you're curious you looked up the number i just pick up i get a call from an unknown number I'm just like, maybe an adventure awaits. And I pick up every time. You pick up unknown, even when it's like uh, car warranty shit and like spammers. Yeah. It'll say scam risk. And I'll be like, you know what else I'm at risk for? Fucking living life to the fullest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know, when you pick up, they know the number is active. That's what they say not to pick up because you'll get more. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. That mm. is why I get a lot of them. Probably. And, that, and that's your official tip of the day from uh, Midnight Snack. <laughs> tip of the day. That's so kind to attribute that to me because really it's like not I didn't give a tip. You were like, here's how to stop fucking up your life. <laughs> I think it's so sweet. I'm going to hide my number and call you and see if you pick up just to see. I just am wondering. I want to hear the, your I, sweet 100%. voice. Aww. Unless I'm asleep. I oh. hope you're not asleep. What time do you go to bed usually? Oh, I stay. I'm. I'd probably go to sleep around 1130. 
Okay, that's early, honestly. Hmm. Mar- Maris is a good go to bed person. Yeah. I think if when she's not home, I stay up much later and then I wake up the next morning like, why did I do that? What I, was I doing? It's the worst feeling and I do it every night and I have to be up so early and I go to bed every night at 1.30. I can't, I'm I'm not normal. Um, Josh Gondelman, can I just say something like, and I'm not, I want to compliment you. I talk to a lot of funny people. A lot. You are really one of the few people who I like really like look up to and just you are so brilliant it's really true you're so funny and so fast that genuinely I'm like I feel I'm also you know whatever I'm not gonna make excuses you're just too quick that's all there is to it Josh Gondelman follow him if you don't already I feel like I'm what am I sounding like now follow him it's like a weird like (laughs) 700 club I don't know at like it sounds like you just got into a taxi and you're like (laughs) Follow that cat. Follow that man. Uh, I'm going to follow. I'm going to find you in Brooklyn and be like, Joshy, like fall under the car, like in Cape Fear, a movie you've never seen. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. Now this is two things to look forward oh, to in Cape Fear. By the way, I actually really want you to watch Cape Fear. I know I'm going to do your show. Will you try to get through it before I'm on your show? Because it's actually. Yeah. It's actually a great movie. There is so much funny, weird shit that happens in it. Uh, Make My Day, it's his podcast. Download it. It's massively successful. So funny. Uh, If you're not watching Desus and Mero, I will say this. I've interviewed them. Just like you, two of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. It's ridiculous how funny they are. Like, I mean, I've had the, the good fortune of just working for like, really really funny people and and it's great but like man they're they're so funny and, and nice I, it's like a real joy to get so nice like great to work with um, sweet so fun i will say this like i feel like the oscars needs them like why don't they host the fucking oscars that's what they need i would i would love that they i i feel like they would be really great at like hosting higher profile things that's hopefully, what i mean hopefully you know like hopefully they'll get to at least like present or something at shows this year because i feel like they're and this is me like i'm their employee and so it's like uh, the, the, who cares what what i say but like yeah they're so funny and just like how much their profile has risen in the last year with um the book coming out and like them do just like they're everywhere and they're so funny and it's like they br- they make everything more fun and better like they're great guests on other late night shows they're they're great when they like pop up as like in commercials even you're just like oh they're so funny and like they're and the chemistry they're they're truly like two two guys i just adore them i can watch them all day um and go by josh's book he wrote it in a nine to eleven months it's called nice try somewhere in there somewhere in there uh nice try stories of best intentions and mixed results josh i cannot thank you enough for doing the show you are wonderful a dream come true This has been a Forever Dog production. Midnight Snack with Michelle Collins is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Gabe Lopez. Cover art by Ben Wiseman. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook 
at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com mishcall. M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.